Bible. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in a chair in front of you, okay? Get out your bulletin. There's a lot of information in there as we take this journey together, right? We're going to follow, you can follow along with me this morning. Take notes. It'll prep you for your, uh, for your small group. Here's where we're going to start, all right? Uh, do me a favor. Get out this piece of paper as we start our Beyond series. And uh, you guys um, uh, were a part of this series, all right? You guys know what we're doing, I think, for the most part. And, uh, and that was part of our vote as a church is to do this series together. So let me do a couple things, all right, and walk you through. There's some really, really important information on here. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to let you do is actually flip over to the back, okay? Uh, so in the front is the Kroger update on the back. And then we're going to start there, okay? Uh, for part of this series, we want to all journey together. This is one of these kind of things in church life that if we're not all on the same team, we're not all moving together, uh, uh, we're not going to accomplish the opportunity that God has set in front of us, okay? So one of the things that we want to do is communicate with you without, throughout the week. And the way to do that is to download an app on your smartphone, right? You, can't, you just can't follow God anymore without your smartphone is what I feel like I'm saying, okay? But, uh, uh, you know, we want to communicate with you all throughout the week with some prayer points and some daily devotions. And you can, so you can download the Coastal Community Church app, uh, and then we are going to use that to notify you with some prayer points throughout the week. That is on here how to do that, all right? So this is the one time in churches I'm going to tell you to get your phone out and go ahead and put it to work. You can do it right now, all right, while I'm talking. How cool is that? All right, and then in a minute, I'm going to tell you to put it away. Okay, so uh, so do that. So let's go over to the front, all right? Let me give you guys a little bit of an update, okay? Uh, I told you a couple weeks ago we voted uh, to uh, continue to move forward with the purchase of the old Kroger building, and uh, that's what we've been doing. We've been doing some of our due diligence, okay? We have not yet signed the contract. Last week, spring break, everybody took off, including the people at Kroger, some of the ones we were working with. Uh, so we got back to work this week. We hope to have a contract by early early next week that we're going to be signing. Okay, that really is the goal. We're still just negotiating a couple finer points of the contract, and then we hope to sign it early this week. Isn't that cool? All right, that's cool. Yeah, hopefully you're excited about that, all right? Uh, we've been doing some due diligence, okay? One of the things we were able to do over the last couple of weeks is get up on the roof of the building, okay? Okay. Uh, it's an 18-year-old building, okay? It's got an 18-year-old roof. It's got 18-year-old HVAC equipment. Uh, so that's the fact of the matter. Um, we found out that there's some uh, inexpensive repairs we can do to the roof that we think will give it life for five to 10 years, okay? So we would probably go that direction with that. However, the HVAC system is 18 years old, and just to retrofit it to phase one is probably going to cost us near six figures, Okay, that's the retrofitter. So what we decided to do is to put in all new HVAC equipment with each stage of build-out. Does that make sense? It's going to help us for maintenances long-term. It's going to help us uh, uh, with utility bills. So we're going we're to try to do the cost on the front end, okay? Get new equipment for phase one and new equipment with all the phases as we build out, okay? Obviously, that's an added what? Cost. It's an added cost, an expense, right? So, so let's talk about that. So, how are we going to cover the added expense? All right. So, uh, so on the Kroger update, that's kind of the bad news first. All right. Uh, the good news is we think we can still do this with the million dollars that I put in front of us. Okay. So, we do need to raise, and this is the Beyond series. Okay. As we are all going to be in prayerful attention, God, what's my part in helping Coast Community Church raise a million dollars on the front end so that we can move into the the, the what I'm now calling the old Kroger building, the new home of Coastal Community Church. By the way. This is a quick rendering from our architect. That's the Kroger building. Isn't that cool looking? 
All right, so hopefully that gets you a little excited. I've been talking to the architect saying, as soon as you can get me anything visual, I'll take it. And he's working hard, okay? So uh, so that's what we're hoping is, you know, we raise our finances to have a nice entrance so it doesn't look like a food store. So people come in and say, where's the bread aisle kind of thing, you know? Uh, and it looked like a church. So that's what we're hoping to do there, okay? Um, Second thing on this, all right, uh, our bank has is really worked with us well on this, and so they are working in a financing structure uh, that's going to help us escrow our, our first balloon payment. So, out of remember, I initially said, hey, we need to raise a million and two hundred fifty. That's going to go to debt retirement. We don't need to do that. Our bank has really been favorable to us, so uh, to help us get into this building. So that's one way we're going to save some costs on the front end. The second thing is, remember, I said uh, we needed to raise about a quarter million for cash. Cash flow. Okay, let me just tell you guys something. Our first quarter numbers have been fantastic. Okay, y'all have been so generous to the offering. We think we're going to be able to handle our cash flow needs just out of general offering. Cool. Right? Isn't that cool? All right, so praise the Lord for that. Thank you guys for your generous giving, uh, but we still need to raise a million dollars in order to get into this building, okay? So you can see the rest of this. Let's go to the back, okay? Here's our roadmap. This is the journey we're going to take as a church, all right? Uh, we're going to journey through Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 uh, and 21, all right? I want this to be a spiritual journey, all right? This is about us working together as a church, linking arms together to bring glory to God and glory to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If it's anything other than that, it's not what we want to be a part of. Does that make sense? Uh, and so that's our journey on there, okay? Uh, I've, I'm giving you a little update. We're going to get you, hopefully by the end of this, get you some pictures of uh, the orphanage. It's really not an orphanage, but uh, the boys' home uh, that we're hoping to build in Honduras, okay, that you guys are a part of, and our missions team is going to go down there and work on that this summer. Okay, you've downloaded the app. I do want to bring your attention to online giving, okay? This is a great way. I give online. I've been giving online at Coast Community Church for about a decade now, okay? And uh, you can just go to our website, go under the church family, and there's a way to give there, okay? You can give with a debit card, uh, and, and we're, by the end of the month, you'll be able to do a recurring giving, uh, and so if that's a benefit to you, to giving to the Lord, and, and a great way to remind yourself to give the Lord, uh, uh, I would encourage you to use that. I've been using it for a long, long time, and so and so with that, okay, that's so this is your roadmap. I want you to take this with you. The bottom is a perforated tear-off. We're going to memorize Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 20. 21 together. And it starts with this. What's the first word in the, in the verse? All what? All what? All glory to God. All right. And that's where we want to start this morning. Okay. We want to give glory to God as we do the beyond series together. Um, you know, uh, ultimately what we're doing, church, is about lifting up Christ. And, and this series that we're doing, and, and just and before I jump in, just a reminder, we're doing this across all, all our age groups at Coastal. Okay, our college students are doing this Beyond Series. Children's ministry is doing Beyond Series. Our youth ministry is doing Beyond Series. And I want to encourage you, get in a small group, okay? Journey together in community for the next five weeks with us, okay? Because uh, we're all going to take this journey together. But really, this is about bringing glory to God. And to catch the vision that God has given us, and we're going to journey together. And ultimately, if we're going to bring glory to God, we got to lift up the person and work of Jesus Christ. And if we're lifting up the person and work of Jesus Christ, then lives are being changed for the gospel of Christ. Agreed? Okay. I want to show you a video. This is a, a young man that started coming to church not that long, Coastal Community Church not that long ago, and he talks about, man, how God used this local church to reconnect him with his heavenly Father through the person and work of Christ. This is Nate. Watch this. Hi, my name is Nate. I've been coming to Coastal for about a year now. I grew up in church, but 
after high school, I kind of drifted away for a little while. I'd gotten involved in, you know, some partying and some other sinful lifestyles. And then, you know, I'd felt a lot of conviction. I felt like the Lord was leading me back. And so I'd made up my mind I was going to try a church the next Sunday. And I was driving to work the next morning and I missed the turn that I'd made every day for two years to turn into work. Just some freak accident, I missed the turn. And I end up seeing this church building I'd never heard of before, never seen before. And I was like, all right, well, I'll try there on Sunday. I walk in on Sunday morning and it was just so cool. I felt at home immediately. I saw a lot of people that I knew that I had no idea even went there. Cool is that Pastor Sean was actually sick that week and he wasn't there. And so they played a sermon, a video of Matt Chandler preaching and it was the prodigal son. And I thought that was so cool because I felt like that was me in the story. I felt like I had gone away and then when I came home, the father welcomed me back with open arms. And my experience at Coastal since then has been nothing but open arms. I felt like I've been right at home ever since. You know, I've been playing on the worship team. I've met a lot of wonderful people. I've really grown in my faith life and I'm extremely grateful to Coastal. So there was one Tuesday night, we were rehearsing for a Sunday morning service and we were taking up prayer requests. Brian Briggs was leading that week. And um, my family was in a really tough spot. My parents had to find a new place to live because they were basically told by the landlord that they needed to find somewhere else. And um, so when Brian prayed, when he'd taken up the request, he prayed specifically that they would find a place that is in a better location than where they were in, that it would be cheaper than their budget, and that it would be you know, just a better place for them overall. And so the next day at work, I get all these pictures from my mom of this house that they'd found that was closer to work for them. It was a lot cheaper. It was on a bigger place of land. It was just a really big, beautiful place. That was in the beginning of December and we were in there celebrating Christmas morning. So it was really cool to see that God answers prayers. It really challenged me in my faith life because I feel like I've always been very timid when it comes to prayer, I've always just been like, well, whatever God wants to happen is gonna happen. I don't really need to worry about it. But I was really challenged by Hebrews 4.16 where it says to come boldly before the throne of grace. And um, I really learned that lesson by being here. And I'm really grateful that God has used Coastal and the ministry of the worship team to help increase my faith. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to play and to worship the Lord. Amen, right? Church, what we're talking about this morning and what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks is way bigger than a building. If we get bogged down into that and we lose that, man, we, we're, we, we run the risk of, of building an idol. We want to make sure that what we're doing is lifting up the fame of Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to talk about why this building is important to the ministry of Coastal here, but, but it's bigger than that. It's about people reconnecting with their Heavenly Father and their Creator and doing what God had always created and do through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Apostle Paul, and by the way, this, this whole section of Ephesians 3. Paul is talking about how God has called him to be a missionary specifically to the Gentiles. And in chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations and forevermore. Amen. Here's the question I've been kind of pondering in my brain this week is what is glory? What does it mean to bring glory to God? Because that's what Paul says we have to do. Let's bring glory to God. 
You know, glory is about God's bigness. Glory is about God's transcendence. Glory is about God being worshipped for all of his characteristics and who he is. Glory is about worshiping the true God. Glory is about worshiping the character of God when he's comforting and when he's terrifying. Glory is about God and who he is. And when we talk about God's glory, it includes his imminence, yes. And when I say imminence, I'm talking about the stuff we love to talk about with God, about his love and his mercy and his kindness and his forgiveness. But when we talk about God's glory, we're also talking about his holiness or his set-apartness his consuming power, his omnipotence, his justice, and even his wrath. Glory is what I call the wow factor of God. Where we stand back a little bit and we go, man, God is God and I'm not. It's a wowness. And so as we bring glory to God and we begin this journey and we ask ourselves this question, man, am I worshiping God in all things? Because to worship means to ascribe worth to something, right? It's to ascribe worth to something. Worth, worship means my heart is captured by something to the point that I'm willing to sacrifice for it, right? In fact, the truth be told, man, our, our hearts are, are their little worship factories. One of the themes of the scriptures is that your heart will worship something. And if you worship something other than God through his son, Jesus Christ, what happens is that worship will leave you in bondage. The Bible calls it, the, the, the Bible word for that is it's an idol. And our hearts are captured by things that can't give life. We worship something or, that, that, that really doesn't give life to us. In fact, an athlete, I mean, to give some examples, right? An athlete in worship to the sport that they play, right? They will, they will give up sleep and they will give up entertainment and they will give up junk food to be successful at their sport, yes? Some athletes in this room. It's a high commitment to be successful at a high level sport. But that can, that can bridge the gap. And so what happens in that sport when you, you know, we had a great testimony a couple of weeks ago during baptism, one of, a, one of our senior students that's athletic, right? Told about, man, I had a knee injury and man, I, I was robbed of the things I was worshiping. And suddenly I realized, man, my sport was just fragile. This, this thing I worshiped was this fragile thing. And then through the second knee injury, man, I realized I needed to worship Christ above all else. A workaholic. If you're a workaholic, what are you worshiping, right? You, whatever it is you're worshiping. But you know, along the way, you'll make sacrifices. You may sacrifice your family. You may sacrifice your church time. You may sacrifice your free time. You, you may sacrifice your fitness time, all to be a success at work, Right? Someone that's a drug addict. Maybe you're in this room and maybe you struggle with uh, getting high on drugs or you know, a certain level of drunkenness that brings comfort. That, what are you worshiping? What's really at the heart of that? Right? And I, I, I've ministered to some drug addicts, man, and they will, they will make a lot of big sacrifices, including their own family, to get the resources they need in order to get the next high. And we all worship something. And if it's something other than God, man, in fact, I want to tell you something. Probably the most dangerous thing about our hearts and worship is we can put at the center of our heart things that God has created for good, but they get misplaced. They become central. 
Or they, or they find the wrong timing in the economy of God. And so we begin to worship something other than Christ himself. And then we become enslaved. And then we become bankrupt. And then we become joyless. And then we become burdened. And then we become entangled. And church, it is only when you ascribe worth to Christ above all else that you will have freedom. I love the song we sang, Man of Sorrows, right? Because the man who's worshiping Christ is free from their sin, and that person is free indeed. Church, we lift up the gospel of Christ because we want to bring glory to the Father because when you know the Father, you are free. And Paul here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2 says, really, there's two things. Certainly, there's more ways to bring God than glory to God than these two things, but these are the two things Paul is focusing on. He says, we bring glory to God here on earth in two ways. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we think or ask. Listen to this. He says, glory to him in the what? In the church and in what? Christ Jesus. Isn't that fascinating? How often do we think? A lot of times when we think, I think we think glory to God. I mean, we think of things other than the church. Isn't that fascinating? Paul says, listen, we bring glory to God through the ministry of the church and through exalting the person and work of Jesus Christ. By the way, in our culture and in our community, if a person's gonna find the glory of God, don't you think it would be normal that they would find it among God's people, the church people, right? You would think so. I mean, if they're not finding it in a local church, where are they gonna find it? You know, the focus of what we're doing, uh, you know, a lot of times when people ask me the philosophy, the ministry for Coastal Community Church, what kind of church is it? I mean, are you guys like looking for seekers? Are you looking for believers? I'm like, the church, the corporate worship service is for God. He's the audience. And so if someone's seeking, what we want to give them is the glory of God in the person and work of Christ. Why? So that they'll be set free from the idols of their heart that have left them in bondage. That's true for a believer or unbeliever. It's not a believer-unbeliever thing. It's that we all need to ascribe worth to God through his son, Jesus Christ, because we're called out. And so wouldn't it be natural that God would bless a church that's serious about bringing glory to Christ? Wouldn't that be natural? And by the way, I'm talking about a church that rightly divides the word of truth. I'm not talking about any old church because churches can get sideways, right? I'm talking about a, a church that rightly divides the word of truth as God's word. I'm talking about a church that lifts up the name and fame of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a church that upholds holiness and righteousness as defined by scripture. I'm talking about a church that organizes biblically. I'm talking about a church that takes sin seriously. I'm talking about a church that loves radically. I'm talking about a church that forgives quickly. I'm talking about a church that prays frequently. I'm not talking about a church that reaches the lost as an end to itself. I'm not talking about a church that does missions as an end to itself. I'm not talking about a church that preaches the word of God as an end to itself. I'm talking about a church that does these things to bring glory to God above all else. Does that make sense? Because if those things become ends in and of themselves, church can become self-consumed. Talking about a church that is consumed with the glory of God above all else. And I believe that a church that is consumed with bringing glory to God above all else is a church that God will pour out his blessing upon that church. I believe that with all my heart. In fact, I believe this concept of the idea of the church and lifting up Christ are inseparable in the New Testament, they're inseparable. 
the church is how we lift up the glory of God through the person and work of Christ. Paul says that in Ephesians 3.21, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. A church that exalts Christ above all else, a church that exalts his gospel, a church that exalts his grace, a church that exalts the salvation found in Christ alone, a church that exalts the holiness of God through Christ, a church that tells us that, man, you can be received the righteousness of God, granted freely by grace through faith, a church that sees the glory of God lifted up in the person of Christ. John chapter one, verse 14. And remember I told you guys not that long ago that the gospel of John, uh, when we talk about the Christmas story, the gospel of John takes the theological approach, not so much the twinkly stars and the shepherds and the manger, right? The gospel of John takes the theological approach, says this, so the word, talking about Jesus Christ, God in flesh, the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory. Whose glory? The Father's glory. We've seen the Father's glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. If we lift up Christ, we see the glory of the Father. Does that make sense? John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said this. He said, man, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. Now, what's he talking about there? He's talking about the crucifixion. But you know what? I think there's a spiritual application to this verse. A church has to lift up the name and fame of Jesus Christ in order to bring glory to the Father. And Jesus himself coupled these ideas together in Matthew chapter 16. He was journeying with his disciples. He said, asked his disciples a question. He said, guys, who, who do people say that I am? What are people saying about me? And remember what they said? I said, well, some people are saying you're a prophet. Some say John the Baptist. Some say Isaiah. Some say Jeremiah. And then Jesus looks at his 12 disciples. He says, who do you say that I am? Church, who do, who do you say Jesus Christ is? Not, maybe not so much in here, right? What about when we're out there, when the pressure's on, right? And people want to talk religion. It's easy to talk religion, right? Here's where it gets uncomfortable for me, when I got to talk about Jesus. Who do you say that I am? And Peter says something very profound. He says, you're the Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the son of God. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, G and Jesus looks at Peter and he says, my heavenly father has revealed this to you. And then he says something very profound in Matthew 16, 18. He says, now I say to you that you're Peter, which means the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my what? Fascinating. I want to challenge this with this. If you love Jesus, you love his church. They're very closely connected in the New Testament. And, and, Peter, and Jesus here says, Peter, upon this rock, what's he talking about? Some people say it's upon the apostle Peter himself. Some people say it's upon the confession that Peter just made, that Jesus is the Christ. I say the answer to that is yes, it's probably both, okay? Obviously, the apostle Peter went out and planted churches, all right? But also, it's upon that confession. Jesus, you're the son of God. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Upon that rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it or won't conquer it. Isn't that great news? And church, I want to be that church. If we ever fail to lift up Jesus Christ, man, we are doing something different than the New Testament has called us to do. And Coastal was built on this idea that we're, we're going to bring glory to God and we're going to fulfill what Christ has called us to do in the way in which he's called us to do it. Our goal is to bring glory to God and worship to God 
in what we do and, and in the process in which we do it. The vision of Coastal Community Church, let's talk about the vision for a minute. The vision of Coastal, you guys probably know, you probably heard it so many times, but, but the, the, its idea is it's an, it's an opportunity for us to bring glory and worship to God. Our vision is to develop authentic followers of Christ. We got that through the great commissioning of Jesus, Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came and he told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've commanded you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay? Church, we're about the journey through this roadmap that I handed you. All right? We're about to go, we're about to go through this, but the purpose of this journey is to make sure that we're fulfilling the commissioning of Jesus Christ. And as we begin this journey over the next several weeks, the goal is to bring glory to our Heavenly Father through the ministry of the local church. There's no doubt about it. In fact, at Coastal, you know, we have recognized that the facility that you're now sitting in, God, is, it's been a tremendous blessing to us. We're so grateful for the building that God has given us where we could be a local church, where we could lift up the name and fame of Christ. But man, we've out in five years, we've outgrown it. Do you know that on Easter Sunday, we had 75 people sitting in the lobby? And my concern, this is what keeps me up at night, right? My concern is what if one of them was a guy like Nate that was trying to reconnect with God and we put him in the lobby, man, and it's like, I mean, he's not really connected. He doesn't feel as welcome because he can't really hear and he can't really see. And then I'm like, man, have we done a good job of presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to a young guy like Nate who God has drawn here? I don't know. And by the way, some of you guys are church members, man, and I've seen, I have seen this from the pulpit as I'm preaching. I just want to say thank you. I've seen church members on some services that are packed get up and go stand in the back so somebody else can have a seat, all right? That, is, that amazes me. Thank you, thank you, thank you if you do that, all right? Out of our last four or five services before Easter, last four or five weekends before Easter, we've had multiple times, at least one service every weekend, sometimes two, where the room is so full that people are sitting in the lobby, and I ask the question, man, God, are we, are we doing the best we can to bring glory to you? And so we started a journey about a year ago. How many of you remember that journey, right? We did a series called Go, and we preached on the Great Commission. And I said, guys, we need, you know, we, we need seating, we need parking, and we need children's ministry to fulfill the commissioning to bring glory to God through this church. We need all three of those. So we started this journey. Remember, I laid in front of you. I thought we were going to do a campus. I said, guys, I think we're going to launch a campus. It's going to probably be a video venue. And we're going to have not live teaching at one side and live teaching at another side. And so we began down that road. And, and then God changed our direction. And he brought what I'm calling the old Kroger building, the new home of Coastal Community Church in front of us, right? And we began to pray about that. In fact, last fall, I could sense it was coming. I did a series on prayer. And I said, church, we got to start praying. God is going to be moving in our midst. He's going to stretch us. He's going to challenge us, right? And then a couple weeks ago, I gave you this. And, and if you're new here today and you're checking this out, Coastal Community Church, I hope you're excited about our direction, okay? But uh, I laid this in front of you, the Beyond Book. If you don't have one, get one at the Connect Center on the way out. But this details all the vision that, and the opportunity that God has put in front of us. We talked about, man, God's relocating us. Why? Because when you buy real estate, there's three keys to real estate. What are the three keys to real estate? Location, 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 right? You guys got that, right? And God's provided us with this amazing location right in the center of the peninsula, right off the expressway, and it gets us excited, and it gives us room for growth. Right now, we're sitting on 55,000 square feet, but I mean, we're sitting on 15,000 square feet. We have the opportunity to get in 55,000 square feet. We talked about it. This answers our needs, seating and parking and children's space. 
And, and the future is, man, we can have dedicated youth space and dedicated uh, small group space. And, and currently, it'll, it will be able to relocate our food ministry. And, and I really have this vision that, man, you know what? Really, uh, God's going to expand his food ministry. There doesn't need to be any hungry people on the peninsula. We will be able to house enough food and have enough volunteers to feed hungry people if they need food. And why do we do that? It's not just to make sure their hunger, their, their tummies are full, man. We want to build relationships so we have opportunity to talk to them about how they can be spiritually full. We want to lift up Christ, okay? And then we talked about impact and legacy, right? And we talked about the back piece of property. I'm, I can't wait to preach on impact and legacy on week five or six on this. But you know, I want to talk about, and by the way, look around the room. You see these beyond pictures? These are people that had the vision of when we were back in a school going, man, you know what? I think God wants to use me to make an impact and a legacy on the peninsula, right? That's where we're going as a church. But there's a bigger question for me in all this, right? And I get excited like you. That's exciting. That's exciting. Here's the bigger question. Does this bring God glory? Does putting a, a church that lists all the things I just listed, man, we take the word of God seriously, we take the gospel of Christ seriously, we take loving one another seriously, we take being quick to forgive one another seriously, we remember the high cost of our salvation and, and place that church on the center of the peninsula. Is that something that brings God glory? For me, it's an unequivocal yes, absolutely. Absolutely brings God glory. And that's why this excites me. So now let me finish with this. All right, I'm gonna bring this thing home. We've got to accomplish this vision together. We got to accomplish the vision together. By the way, isn't that what a church is? Church isn't an institution out there. A church is a group of people that link arms in unity. Isn't that cool? And this vision that I'm laying in front of you, uh, not one single person can accomplish this by themselves. Well, maybe there's someone out there who say, hey, Pastor John, I got a million dollars for you. I don't know. I haven't found that person yet, okay? I haven't found that person yet. What excites me is we all have to link arms together and catch the vision together and bring glory to God together. And it's going to require all of us, not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And we're going to journey together, linking arms together. By the way, isn't that what a church is? And not only does that excite me that we're going to link arms and we're going to do it together, but, but the, the, it's also the, 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 the opposite is also true. This cannot be accomplished without any one person in here. It's going to require every single one of us to be a part of this journey and bring glory to God as we journey together. And we link arms and we fulfill the vision that God has given us. And we join with the Apostle Paul and we say, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to be a part of that. <clears throat> Don't you? I want to be a part of that. Now I'm going um, to close with a story and I'm going to close with prayer. Before I do that, I want, I want you to know this story is the Sean Brown story in this. I'm going to give you a little personal story this morning. So, you know, as we journey and as you guys begin to pray, okay, we're going to bring our pledges, okay? We're asking you to pledge for 18 months over and above your regular giving towards making this vision a reality, okay? And we're gonna make, bring those pledges on May the 10th. And then on May 17th, okay, we're gonna bring our first offering, okay? And we're, we really need to raise $300,000 in that first offering to make this vision a reality, okay? So you're gonna bring your first offering, I'm gonna bring my first offering. I'm, we're gonna begin to pray about that, God. What is it that you want, to, want me to do? But before I share my story, I wanna I want give you a little backdrop. There's a, in the back of my mind, when it comes to sacrificial giving, there's a, there's a favorite story of mine, okay? And, and it's the story of King David and King 
David in this story. It's found in, in 2 Samuel 24. King David had sinned, and so God was actually um, um, uh, punishing the nation of Israel because of King David's sin. And so King David is pleading for the mercy of God for his people, okay? And so God sends a prophet to David and says, David, if you'll build an altar on this particular place, um, then God will relent. He'll forgive you and he'll relent from the consequences of your sin on his people. And so David goes to this place that uh, is owned by a guy by the name of Uranal, okay? And so I feel like he's a Marine. Uranal, okay? So anyway, and so he goes kind of this guy's place and he's got this hill and he wants to, he wants to build an altar there. And Uranal, of course, he sees the king of Israel coming to his property and, he, and the king wants to buy this, this area to build this altar. And Uranal says, no, you can just have it. Like, you're the king. I mean, if you want this, you want this place to build, are you going to have it? He says, besides that, I'm going to give you my ox as a sacrifice, and you can take all the tools, my wooden tools in my shed, and you can use that to start the fire to build the altar that, that you want to worship God, right? And I love what King David says here. But the king replied to Uranal, no, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have what? Church, what does it say? cost me nothing. And it challenges me because I got to be honest with you. There's many times in my Christian life that my Christian life doesn't really cost me a whole lot. And this is one of those times that I think God is challenging me in one area of my life to bring a sacrifice. A couple weeks ago, I put this giving matrix up. Put this one up there for me, Steve. Thank you. And uh, we kind of highlighted $1,900 over the next 18 months over and above your rate of giving. Now, this is where we get to the Sean Brown part of the story. I gave you the backdrop of what's going on in my heart and mind. I saw the $1,900. You know what went through my mind? I can do that. I can do that. And then I started preparing the sermon, man, and I started getting a twinge of conviction. And here was my twinge of conviction. Does that, for Sean Brown, bring glory to God? And the question for me began to expand. Like, what brings glory to God? That's not the question. Go to the next one. The next question is, how do I link arms with my brothers and sisters in Christ in this vision that God has given us? I link arm with others. I say, God, how do you want me to bring glory to you in this process? I'm no longer asking what I can do. I've stopped asking that question question I've been asking is, God, how do you want me, ready? Ready? How do you want me to sacrifice to bring glory to God through your local church that lifts up the name and fame of Jesus Christ? I'm starting to ask the question, God, what is the, what is the number you want me to bring that is beyond the number that I can do? Because that's asking the wrong question. What's the offering that stretches my faith and costs me something and is sacrificial and ascribes worth and brings glory to God for his church, for the glory of Christ? For the Browns, it's more than the first number that was highlighted. That's for the Browns. Now, here's the deal. If we're going to move into the old Kroger building, the new home of Coastal Pune Church, it's going to require every single person that calls Coastal Community Church their home church to be part of this process and to ask that question, God, what brings glory to you?
You know, maybe, maybe you're a college student. You're like, I wasn't planning on being a part of this. Let me tell you something. $5 a month and a $10 initial offering is $100 every 18 months. That might be equal sacrifice to someone else. There's somebody that's in a room that $1,900, you can double down, triple down, quadruple down. It's equal sacrifice with the college students bring $5 a month. We've got to link arms and walk and bring glory to God. Here's the so what, okay? Here's the so what. I'm excited to do this with you guys. I'm excited to link arms with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so here's how we're going to start. We're going to start tonight. I'm calling us as a church. We're going to meet right here, 6 o'clock tonight, one hour. We're going to meet together and we're going to pray. This is a spiritual journey. This is a spiritual journey. We're going to start spiritually. We want to pray together and say, God, what is it that you want us to do to see the vision of Christ and the gospel of Christ lifted up on the center of the peninsula, not just for this generation, for generations to come? We're going to start with prayer. Six to seven, we have child care, five and under, okay? I want you to come out. The second thing I want to ask everybody in this room to do, I want you to take a day sometime this week, and I want you to fast. That means take a break from something. Most of us will fast from food, okay? If that's a medical thing, don't, don't put yourself in a life-threatening situation. Maybe for you it's fast from CNN or Fox News for a couple hours. And get, just give, you, here's, what I, here's how I fast, okay? When I fast from food, like if I fast on my lunch hour, I'll take my lunch hour and give a little more time to prayer. That's, all, that's how I do it, okay? There's a lot of ways to do that, but I'm, that's what I'm calling us to. Find a spot to fast. Maybe it's a meal, maybe it's a two meals, maybe it's a whole day of meals, okay? Whatever, however you want to do that. And use your time you normally eat to pray. Let's, uh, you know, maybe it's fast from CNN or news or whatever your passion is there electronically. Fast from electronics for a day and use that extra time to pray. But we want to pray together and ask God, God, what's my part for the vision that brings you the greatest glory through your local church, through the lifting up of the gospel of Christ? That's the so what. Sound good? Six o'clock right here. Let me close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we are excited about the vision that you've given us and I'm excited, God, that we're gonna be a group of people that's gonna link arms together. Your church bringing glory to God, lifting up the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we begin this journey this week, God, with prayer. We humble ourselves before you. We want to bring something, God. We want to ascribe worth to Christ and his local church that costs us something. We don't want it to be easy and safe and soft and comfortable. We're going to talk about that next week, God. And the reason is we want to bring glory to you because we know, next part of the verse, we know you are able. You are able to provide, God, and we trust you. And so we, this week, God, we, we, we bow a knee as a community of faith and we pray. And we ask you to move in our hearts individually and move in our hearts corporately to bring glory to God through your church and through the lifting up of Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. Okay, church, this is our offering time.
If you're a guest with us this morning, I know I've talked about some money this morning, but we really are not after your money. Uh, this is just one of the ways at Coastal we worship the Lord. If you'd like to be a part of that, that's great. If not, as a guest, the one thing we'd love to have from you inside that bulletin is a tear-off. And if you would just fill that out, and uh, we want to send you a thank you card for coming. If you're here this morning and you have some, uh, you need to be ministered to through prayer, we have our prayer team. They're right here in the front. Uh, they're designated by wearing purple shirts. Man, they would love to talk to you. They'll be here in the closing song. They'll be here after the service, and they'd love to uh, minister to you if there's any ways that you need prayer. With that, I'm going to turn it over to the band.